0: Hey guys, good morning, Freedom Center. How's it going this morning? Good morning, Pastor Kim. I'm excited you're in the front row. I need a lot of energy from you this morning to get through this sermon today. So hey, I'm Pastor Josh. Uh, My wife and I get to be the creative pastors here at Freedom Center Church. And we are so excited to get to kind of share with you a little bit about today. Um, Good morning, live stream. It's nice to meet you and nice to see you guys today. I'm always behind the scenes. I'm always praying for you guys. And it's so exciting for you to be here this morning. Right in the chat this morning, what did you have for breakfast? I want to know what you had for breakfast this morning. Jesus for breakfast this morning. Amen. Amen. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, uh, we get to hear stories like Rachel's story all the time in the creative ministry. And it's incredible. Like 20 years ago, things like that didn't happen. Like if you wanted to reach somebody uh, at church, you needed them to walk through your doors to come to church. And now you can literally get online and type church. And then if you're in our area, you can find Freedom Center Church. And then instead of going actually to a church, you can actually go to Facebook, type in the church's name, watch them on live stream, get comfortable with the church, realize that you're comfortable with the church, and then walk in the door. Man, it's just a powerful tool, and it's something that 20 years ago we never got to do. So I'm really excited about it. I hope you guys are too. How many of you know what this thing is? If you, by a show of hands, how many of you know what this thing is? <laughs> I got some claps, some amens. That's awesome. For those of you that don't know what this is, this is an overhead projector. Um, 25 years ago, I was five years old. If you do the math, that means I'm 30. 30 which sucks, but I'm 30 years old. Um, My back just started hurting like randomly two months ago. I'm not even kidding you. It was like November 27th is my birthday. Like November 28th, my back started to hurt. Um, And it still hurts. And I feel like it's going to hurt for the rest of my life now, right? Yeah, that's just the way that it is. So um, I don't know where I was going with that. But overhead projector, 25 years ago, I remember being a kid and coming to this church. And your church was not cool unless you had one of these in the front for the worship environment. Like, it just wasn't a cool church. But I remember being a five-year-old, and I remember coming to this church, and I remember fighting with other kids because I wanted to be the kid that got to do the words for worship that morning. Like, this was the coolest piece of technology. So I thought, why not use it for notes this morning? So we're going to go a little way back, like 25 years back, and we're going to use it for our notes this morning. But what's the point of this overhead projector? The point is that 25 years ago, this was like the coolest piece of technology that you could possibly have. And now, when I show people this overhead projector, it's a joke. Like, only churches that have 70-year-old congregations still use these, you know? They don't exist anymore. You have projectors, and if you're like really high-tech like we are, you get these awesome LED walls. And here's the point. The point is that Technology is constantly changing. The vehicle in which we try to reach people is constantly changing, but the method and how we, sh- but the gospel, it never changes. So if you're taking notes today, which I hope you are, that's the first point. The first point today is that the gospel good news never changes, but the method and how we share it is changing constantly. If you can't read the handwriting, it's on the side screens too this morning. I'm thankful for a pastor. And I'm thankful for a staff that believe in technology constantly changing. I'm thankful that we have invested a large amount of money. And people say, like, why do we spend so much money on technology? If you look around the room and you see young people in this room, that's why we spend money on technology. Because we need to reach people that otherwise wouldn't be reached. The gospel never changes, but the vehicle that we change it in changes constantly. Somebody say amen. The internet is a powerful place. How many people would agree that? The internet is a powerful place. I'm not going to go into my testimony very much, but the internet almost destroyed my life. Um, Most of my childhood and adulthood, I was exposed to pornography on the internet, and I think it's so cool now that the vehicle that tried to destroy me is now the vehicle that I use to reach people for Christ every day. Um, It's a powerful tool. I think it's ironic. I think it's cool. Um, It took a long time to not have that problem anymore. We're going to talk a little bit about problems and how you deal with them later on in the message, but... For every awesome thing that happens on the internet, for every person that gets saved, there's 10 bad things that happen. And I want to kind of show you an example. I found this meme and I thought it was funny. How social media works. Me, I prefer mangoes to oranges. Random person. So basically what you're saying is you hate oranges. You also failed to mention pineapples, bananas, and grapefruits. Educate yourself. I'm literally shaking. (laughs) How many of you have seen that person on the internet? You post a picture of your baby and they say, hey, that gate doesn't look safe. Maybe you, should, maybe you should move it somewhere else. Or you post a picture and you're standing in front of a store and you don't have a mask on, and somebody says, why don't you put your four masks on, you know? Like that's the way that the internet is right now. I'm currently reading a book. It's called, Help, I Work With People, um, by Chad Veach is the name. Uh, it's a leadership book. I'm gonna read you this story. It's the story of the man, the boy, and the donkey. The story begins with a man and his son walking to market with their donkey. Along the way, someone laughs at them for walking rather than riding. So the son climbs up on the donkey. Someone else criticizes the son for making his father walk, so they switch places. Another person then ridicules the father for riding while the son walks, so they decide to ride the donkey together. That naturally brings criticism in defense of the poor animal. How many people know the poor animal people on the internet? Um... So the man and his son eventually decide to carry the donkey between them on a pole. (laughs) That ridiculous decision makes everyone laugh at them even more. Eventually, the donkey breaks loose, falls into a river, and drowns. What's the moral of that story? The moral of that story is that if you try to please everyone, you'll please no one. So how do you decide who you try to please? Because how many people know there are so many voices on the internet you post one thing about how you like mangoes more than oranges, and you get people attacking you because there's seven different fruits that you didn't mention. So how do you decide who you had listened to in your life? I have a story, a personal story. Um, recently, like, I feel like COVID kind of made everybody that's 20 to 30 years old, young men, fall in love with the sport of golf all of a sudden. Um, we all golf. So... I started to um, golf recently, and I decided that it was time to upgrade my clubs. Like I've been using the same clubs since I was 10 years old. I want to buy some new golf clubs. So I put my old clubs up for sale for what I thought was a reasonable price on a Facebook group chat. Um, It's a group with like 5,000 people on it, and I was just hoping that somebody would buy these clubs from me. So I post them for a reasonable price, and this guy comments and says, you're asking way too much for these clubs. You're never going to get that. Just on the post. So I said... Okay, thank you. Move along. Like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's an accurate price. I've done my research. Um, so he comments back, I see that you work at a church, and all churches want is money, so now it makes sense to me why you would ask for, for so much for the golf clubs. To which I said, Okay, thank you. Move along. He then responds again, And since you work at a church, you're probably a child molester. How many people know the internet is a crazy place, okay? I'm putting golf clubs out for sale. 20 minutes later, I'm being accused of being a child molester. In 20 minutes, the internet is a crazy, crazy place. And how do you listen to people's opinions and who you listen to is hugely important. If you know who you are, you know what to do. When people give you opinion you don't have to listen to it. When people tell you things on the internet, you don't have to agree with everybody. When people are upset with decisions that you make, you don't have to care. There are people in this room that I value their opinion with my whole heart, and if they tell me that I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But 98% of the people in here, I don't know you well enough to validate your opinion. Right? So you find your circle of people that you love and that you care about, and they tell you what to do. And honestly, here's the thing, too. They only let me up on the stage like once every two years. So the reality is that what I say, if it offends you this morning, Pastor Jim has to answer for it, not me, right? So he'll be back up on the stage next week. Sorry, Pastor. Pastor's my dad, too, if you didn't know that. Huh? If you know who you are, you know what to do. So how do you know who you are? What are you listening to, Church? What inspires you? What motivates you? What gets you out of bed? I got some statistics for you on social media. The average Christian spends one hour a week in church, which you're doing right now. Congrats. Everybody clap for themselves. You're spending your hour a week in church. Great job. But they also spend three hours a day on social media. It used to be, back in my day, I'm the old guy now, right? Back in my day, you used to have to earn your platform. You used to have to earn a microphone to stand on a stage and tell people, what you thought, and your beliefs. But now anybody can get on the internet and say whatever they want to. They can get anybody following them. They can do whatever they want to. We're finding a lot of like-minded people that maybe shouldn't have microphones. Some for the good, a lot of times for the bad. 66% of Christians use Facebook every day. 32% of Christians read the Bible every day. It's no wonder the church is in the place that it is currently. The average American consumes over an hour of video content a day on the internet. An hour a day. That's nuts. Cancel culture, victim mindset, they run rampant. The most powerful person in the room is the victim. And if you do one thing wrong, you're canceled forever. The room is really quiet now. I can hear my footprints when I'm walking. Uh <laughs> Can I say this? I have a lot of friends. I went to Bible college. Uh, I didn't graduate Bible college, but I went, which is, I went longer than Pastor Jim. Pastor Jim went one semester. I made it four. Um, So, (laughs) Uh, and I have conversations with a lot of my friends that went to Bible college that are leaving the church, uh, that graduated from Bible college. They're highly educated from Bible college, and I ask them, like, why? Why are you leaving the church? And the answer that they keep giving me is because I've learned about Jesus and I know Jesus and the church that I see today, the American church, does not reflect the Jesus that I read about. And I get that. Um, There are men in in this room that I respect with my whole heart and I'm trying my hardest to defend the church. But there are things that I see on the internet sometimes that I can't defend. Let's read some scripture. Uh, open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. It says, Next, Jesus was taken into the wild by the Spirit for the test. This is out of the message translation. The devil was ready to give it. Jesus prepared for the test by fasting 40 days and 40 nights. Let me stop right there. Some of us have some unanswered prayers in our lives. And we say our 30-second prayer before bedtime, and we wake up in the morning, and we expect to have our prayer answered. Um, This is Jesus, fully God, fully man, direct contact with the Spirit of God while he lived on the earth, and he knows the test is coming, and he fasts for 40 days and 40 nights. We could all pray a little bit more to have our prayers answered. That left him, of course, in a state of extreme hunger. Yeah, no, 40 days without food. Which the devil took advantage of in the first test. Since you are God's son, speak the word that will turn these stones into loaves of bread. Jesus answered by quoting Deuteronomy. What did he quote? Deuteronomy. He didn't quote the office quotes. He didn't quote the 10 failed policies of the Biden administration. He didn't quote the 10 failed policies of the Trump administration. He quoted the word of God. It takes more than bread to stay alive. It takes a steady stream of words from God's mouth. For the second test, the devil took him to the holy city. He sat him on top of the temple and said, Since you are God's son, jump. The devil goaded him by quoting Psalm 91. How many of you even know the devil knows scripture? He has placed you in the care of angels. They will catch you so that you won't so much as stub your toe on a stone. Jesus countered with another citation from Deuteronomy. From Deuteronomy, not from sports statistics. Not from history classes, from the word of God. Said in Deuteronomy, don't you dare test the Lord your God. For the third test, the devil took him to the peak of a huge mountain. He gestured expansively, pointing out all the earth's kingdoms, how glorious they all were. Then he said, they're yours, lock, stock, and barrel. I have no idea what lock, stock, and barrel means, but I think it means all the kingdoms are yours. Just go down on your knees and worship me, and they're yours. And this is why I love the message translation. Jesus' refusal was curt. Beat it, Satan. He backed his rebuke with a third quotation from Deuteronomy. Again, from Deuteronomy. Worship the Lord your God and only him. Serve him with absolute single-heartedness. The test was over. The devil left. And I love this. And in his place, angels. Angels came and took care of Jesus' needs. Guys, you don't think Jesus was hungry? Like, you don't think he wanted to call on angels and just have them defend him right away? Of course he did. But listen, discipline is important. And Jesus was so disciplined. If you're taking notes, please write this down. This is really good. Like, if you're going to tweet anything after this service, tweet this line right here. This is really good. Discipline is choosing between what you want now and what you want the most. Do you know what I wanted the most? Whenever, or what I wanted now when that guy on Facebook, called me a child molester. First of all, he was like 75 years old, an old frail guy, lived up in the Flint area. I wanted to say, what's your address? Let's talk about this. Let's have a conversation. I'm going to bring my good friend, Pastor Carl, and we're going to have a conversation about this. (laughs) Right? But I didn't do that. And you know what's crazy is all these other people can see the chat, and they're defending me. Wow, this guy's really out of line. What is he doing? Why is he doing that? But you know what? People didn't see me respond. They didn't. And maybe somebody clicked on my profile. And maybe they saw that I work at a church. And maybe they saw that I worked at Freedom Center Church. And maybe they clicked on Freedom Center Church. And maybe, just maybe, they clicked on a live stream. And maybe because they clicked on a live stream, they saw a message and a gospel that they wouldn't have heard otherwise. What do you want now versus what do you want the most, church? Church. Do you want revenge, or do you want people to hear the Word of God? Do you want to tell people about your religious and your political campaigns, your political views? Or do you want people to hear the Word of God? Do you want people to be reached that aren't going to be reached? Or do you want to feel like, oh yeah, I showed them? Because let's be honest, whenever you're posting your political views online, whenever you're posting your mask views, you're not changing anybody's opinion. You're not. What you're doing is you're talking to, they call it an echo chamber. You're going to put your post on, and then somebody that has the same view as you is going to put your post on, and they're going to comment, and they're going to like, and you're right, all the liberals are wrong, or you're right, all the Trump supporters are wrong, white supremacy. (laughs) It's It's not about who you voted for for president. It's about who your king is. We need to spend more time as our church deciding who our king is, And when we know who our king is, we worry a whole lot less about who the president of the United States is. And when we know who our king is, we worry a whole lot less about whether i got to walk into a store wearing a mask or not. Thanks, Sydney. That's perfect timing again. Thank you. The time for bickering in the church is over. It is. A church divided cannot stand, but a church united can change the world. We live in a culture that says, if you don't agree with me, then I hate you. And what the church has done is we've gone right along with that culture. It's time for that to end. It's time to stop living in culture. It's time to start creating culture. Do you know what the world needs to see? They need to see somebody that they know you have completely political different views than. And you go to that person, you say, I love you and I care about you. Your political views don't matter to me. What matters is that you and I have the same king. But Pastor Josh, you can't vote for Biden and be a Christian. You can. Pastor Josh, you can't vote for Trump and be a Christian. You can. It doesn't matter. The room's getting real quiet now. (laughs) And trust me, I'm only 30 years old. I've said that already. If I'm wrong, tell me I'm wrong. But give me scripture as to why I'm wrong. I truly believe in my heart of hearts, I'm not. It's time for bickering in the church to end. It's time to stop saying what's wrong with culture and it's time to start creating it. A church divided cannot stand. A church united changed the world. We need a church that people look different in. They have different political opinions. They have different mask views. They have different ideas of what the world should look like. Because I promise you, when we get to heaven, it's not going to look like a Trump rally. It's not going to look like a Biden rally, mainly because there wasn't anybody at the Biden rallies. But it's not going to look, it's not going to look like either of those guys. When we get to heaven and God wipes every tear from our face, he's not going to say, well done, good and faithful Republican. He's not going to say, well done, good and faithful Democrat. He's going to look at us and he's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. Master to none, servant to all. How do you serve everyone? You just love them. We love them. Uh, When I preach, I don't preach for very long. Um, Mainly because I grew up in a house with Pastor Jim and Pastor J.D., which means that there's not much air left in the room for me. Um, if you know either of them, they, they love themselves some them. Um, <laughs> sorry dad. Um, I've, 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 I told, I told the story Thursday night, but I've literally gone on road trips with them where for the first four hours, they didn't know I was in the car. Um, I sat in the back and I just listened, which is totally fine with me. I prefer to, to be quiet. I prefer to listen more than I do to talk. Um, and I have nowhere to really go with that story other than I'm not going to preach for long. I'm going to get you guys out of here on time. Amen? (laughs) Amen. I have some declarations I want to read over you, some scripture that I want to read over you guys, and if you guys could just repeat it after me. Um, These are powerful scriptures to read over yourself, but guys, if you remember anything from today, a church divided cannot stand, and a church united can change the world. What do you want now versus what do you want the most? What do I want the most? If we go back to my story about porn, you know how I overcame it? I decided what I wanted the most. What I want the most is I want to be able to walk my daughter down the aisle on her wedding day, not some random stranger. What I want is I want to be able to look my son in the eyes and say it's possible to love the same woman for 70 years. When you think about what you want the most, it doesn't matter what you want now. Some declarations, if you guys could repeat these after me. Say, I am redeemed, sanctified, and made righteous in Christ. That's at 1 Corinthians one thirty. Say, greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. That's in 1 John 4.4. Nothing can separate me from Christ's love. That's Romans 8.35. Say, I am the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Matthew 5, 13 through 14. You guys could bow your heads and close your eyes. Maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor Josh, I have no idea what you just talked about for 20 minutes. But I came to this church today because I knew that I needed a savior. Can I just say, if you've heard my golf club story today, man, Satan is the ultimate golf club guy. He's the ultimate golf club guy. He's the guy that you say, I'm doing this, and he says, No, you're not. No, you're not, and also I'm gonna tell you I'm gonna tell you lies that you're gonna think are true. And if you need to accept Jesus in your heart, just talk to him. Talk to him right now. If you're like, Pastor Josh, I don't know what to pray, just open up the Bible. If you don't have a Bible, Google the Bible. Read scripture. That's a good way to start your conversation. And if you're here today and you're offended, you feel upset. I do apologize. I really do. But ask yourself, why are you offended? Are you offended because what I'm saying isn't true? Or are you offended because it is? And if the answer is that you're offended because what I'm saying isn't true, I really would. I would I'm, not, I'm not above rebuke. I'm not above being wrong. I would love to take you out to coffee and have a conversation with you. But if it is because it is true... And man, just ask for forgiveness. It's time that we start bickering as a church. And it's time we start living as the church. Because a church united can change the world. And I want to change the world. So God, right now, I just pray for every single person in this room. I pray just for a spirit of unity in this room, God. That when people leave this room, it wouldn't be about whether you wear a mask or you don't wear a mask or who you voted for for president or what you think about the governor. But it would be about you, God. It would be about showing people your love. It would be about whether your neighbor is saved or your neighbor isn't saved, not what flag they have in front of their house. Holy Spirit, I just invite you to come into this room right now, God. God, we pray for the unsaved people in this room right now, Father. I pray that they would just make a decision to follow you today, that their lives would ever be changed, God that they would remember that Sunday that that young guy brought an overhead projector onto the stage and that was the day that their life changed forever. I pray that we would just continue to love God and to love people and to love to serve. And we ask all these things in your name. Amen. Amen, guys. Hey, thank you very much. Um, that was okay, right? Okay. Good. Cool. Pastor gave me the thumbs up. Um, so there's people that are going to be coming to help you guys uh, exit the room. As you know, we have a safe way in and out of the room. And also, tonight is the business meeting at six p.m. If you are a member.